Hello, and welcome to the brand new Boys and Girls Soccer Podcast on Game Time CT. We're calling it Just for Kicks. I'm Scott Erickson. I am the boys soccer beat writer for Game Time CT, and joining me, as you will every week, is the girls beat writer for Game Time CT, Joe Morelli. Joe, Joe, how you doing? I'm looking forward to kicking it with you, Scott. Let's get it going. <laughs> oh, we are kicking it. We are going to yeah, kick it absolutely. hard here. <laughs> uh, we got a lot of things to get to. We're going to talk about the polls. We're going to talk about some kids that we want to watch this year, some games we want to watch this year. Uh, let's start off, though, by just reviewing quickly last year what happened in the state tournaments. Not a ton of surprises in the state tournaments, but uh, let's go over them anyway. Um, Glastonbury and Double L of the boys won again. They won the championship. Uh, they've won in uh, 2017, 2015, 2014, and they shared the title in 2013. I think we can call them a, yeah, they've been the, they've a been, dynasty right now. Yeah, they've been most likely the best team over the course of time over the, over the last half dozen years. I mean, they have a great program, and just like their girls' program, so... Yeah, and they beat Naugatuck one nothing in the final last year, uh, and they beat Farmington one nothing in the semis. And Farmington's the other team; they've been in L and and double L, but they've been winning a bunch of state championships too. Uh, won the 16, 2016 double L championships, lost in the fourteen double L finals in the double overtime, and won Class L in two thousand twelve and two thousand thirteen. So those two schools have really been phenomenal, and Absolutely. we'll talk about them later because I'm going to go check them out tonight. Um, Class L and the boys; it was hand for the second year in a row beat Massick 2-1, uh, and they beat Guilford and Barlow to get there. And that had to be one of the more impressive runs last last fall, wasn't it? Well, when Han went through a coaching situation um, last year. Their interim took over Anthony Mancini. They were struggling at the end of the season trying to find an identity. And then they kind of got a rolling in the state in the SEC tournament. When they beat Shelton in the SEC tournament semifinals, they seemed to really get into groove. They won the SEC tournament. And then they kind of rolled from there, and they beat a good Massic team. They had that Legion of Boom defense. Yeah. And hand is – I mean, they scored at will in the state tournament. They beat Barlow, if I'm not mistaken. They beat a lot of teams. You would think clear close games. They just got so hot. And to be able to defend a title is not easy, so they're going for the three-peat this year. Soccer is a sport where – it's funny because we see these teams that are up at the top, hand two years in a row, Glastonbury, Farmington – and it also seems like a very wide-open leagues every year. Like, the FCX seems deep. The SEC seems deep. The SWC seems deep. Right. But then it's always the same teams that end up at the top. It, it's kind of a strange thing. And it does seem to happen like that, and, and it's not easy for new teams to get, get in there. But, I mean, but in the case of hand, it's been two straight years. But before that, the last title they won was in 1997. Right. So, I mean, it took them a while because they kept getting beaten in the semifinals by – Avon or Barlow or whoever, so it's not easy. But yeah, you seem to see, like in a lot of sports, the same uh, the same usual suspects that are usually at the top. So that does happen. But it's, in soccer, it's just so easy. You can dominate a game and lose. That's the weird thing about that's soccer, the yeah. thing. You, you in any other sport, you dominate a game, you win. Yeah, you can have more triple the shots. But if you don't get the golden goal, you're going home. And that's the thing about state tournament. And, and that's why they call it, you know, a lot of coaches call it the cruelest game. I mean, because sure. you go out there and you dominate and everything goes right for you. Except the ball doesn't go in and the right. other team gets one opportunity Absolutely. and scores. But we've also seen with the SEC and the FCAC, at least on the boys' side, the success they've had in the regular season hasn't always translated to states. I mean, 
Do you know the last SEC team that won a double L soccer championship? Joe for 2000? Yes! This guy is a trivia master. <laughs> I only know that because I've, I've, had a, I've written it a couple of times, having written the SEC. Uh, I, but today I don't think they've even been to a final since then. Uh, and prep, that's, prep was in tw- 2012. No, I'm about Guilford. Oh, Guilford, no. Yeah. is a proud boy soccer oh, sure. traditional program. I mean, hand. In the 80s, they were the best program, weren't they? Ar- arguably one of the in, best. In 1997, I remember it was my first year here at the, at the New Haven Register, not Game Time CT, obviously. Yeah. But um, they were the number one team in the nation. Yeah. Wow. And if I'm not mistaken, they lost to Danbury. And if I'm also not mistaken, a man by the name of Adam Greenberg. Yeah. The baseball player who's running for office in Bramford, a guy who was the famous, who had the, got hit by it in the head with a pitch, Moonlight Graham, he was on that team. And that was like a big deal. Yeah. I mean, number one in the nation because Trumbull course. Girls Soccer back then was number one in the nation. We had two teams that were ranked number one in the nation in 1997. So, but to, to answer your question, yeah, I mean, Guilford's a proud program, but they haven't been to a final since then. And Fairfield Prep's been to a final. And in fact, I think they lost to one of the Fairfield teams. Uh, I forget what year it was. They lost to Richfield in 2012. Yeah. Was that what it was? Prep, it was Richfield? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And they had a goalkeeper who was actually from Madison. And that was the last time the FCAC won one also. Or, really? Or, well, Richfield shared one okay. with Glastonbury, right? I think they shared one in 2013. But that was the last time the FCAC won one. Right. Despite Greenwich being really good, Staples being really good. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll get to Guilford later. I really like Guilford's team. This year, I like them in Class L a lot. Okay. Um, let's just go over the last two. Lewis Mills beat Suffield, uh, you know, 3-2 in the right. Class M final last year and also beat Ellington in the semis to get there. So, obviously, that's well-deserved. Suffield and Ellington are always two top teams in the right. in the state. And then Morgan, the local team from up here, won 4 nothing over Somers in the final, and they had to beat, uh, you know, Old Saybrook on PKs to just to get in. You know, that was a great story for you guys up here, wasn't it? It was um, Morgan for co-champions with – Adam Killingworth in the Shoreline Tournament final, and they got on a run. And their, their nemesis, the the big dog in the in the last couple of years in the um, Shoreline had been Old Saybrook. They had gotten to the Class S final in '16 and lost. They were the, the one seed going into the tournament. Morgan goes up to the Old Saybrook and beats them in the Shoreline semifinals. Then at West Haven High School. In the Class S semifinals, they go to penalty kicks, and Morgan beats them. And then they outclassed them. I mean, they were just – the kid, Juan Avila, who was our area MVP, who ended up at Southern Connecticut State University, had, I believe, I think it was at a hat trick. So it, it was – I mean, it was the first state championship since 1964. Right. None of us were around for that. <laughs> Maybe Paguago was our, our, <laughs> our controller here. But that's what – it's a special story, and they have some depth. So they may be in the picture again this year. That would be awesome. Uh, so let's talk about the girls now. Uh, the girls' state championships from last year. Uh, we saw some good matchups in the finals. Yeah, it was an all sick. You know, I know you're from FCR Town. <laughs> Richfield beat Staples in, in the the Double uh, L final two to one. And mm-hmm. I mean, Double L is always stacked with yeah. a, a lot of great teams. I mean, usually it's been Glastonbury's been there for a lot of years, and to have them not in was probably somewhat of a surprise. Uh, in Class L, St. Joe's beat Ram. It was their third straight title, so they're going for the four peat this year. All three finals were all shutouts and um yeah i was at that game they yeah I mean, right you completely covered. outclassed that team they were dominant the whole way and, and they have i mean they got play i mean you got that player they're loaded and now they're gonna be in double l so it's it's, and it's where they belong quite frankly. well I, you know it's, it's yeah. this is the argument i'm sure we have on in the football you got st joe's ranked in the top five in the state 
why are they in M? But we, I mean, that's it is what it is. But they're in Double L, so they're right. playing against the best. Uh, obviously, I happened to watch. Grand, I didn't know much about them. Granby beat Berlin three nothing in the Class M final. Yep, they seemed to dominate. They did, had their way. Berlin was a low seed, if I'm not mistaken, it was a 20 seed, and it was a Cinderella story getting to the final. And, and Granby was just a better team that day at uh, Municipal Stadium in Waterbury. And uh, whole line in overtime beat Holy Cross two to one. I believe it was Maya Johnson. Yeah. Their best player had the goal in over double overtime to win a state championship. I mean, that's any kid growing up, you dream about scoring a goal to win a state championship. And <laughs> that kid, as a junior, did that. And uh, they're going to be uh, tough to beat again, I would think, this year. I think we found some of the same things with the girls' side, too. The Glastonbury, St. Joe's, Richfield. Right now, those are the teams that are really dominating the sport. While other teams are having great seasons... Those are the teams that keep finding themselves at the top again. I mean, is there something about those programs? I, well, Obviously, St. Joe's well, is I a mean, different I situation. think it's just a certain program. I mean, Ridgefield, yes. And, I mean, usually it's – how many times we've seen Immaculate right. in a class S5, but they've been moving them up to L. And and um, and Nelson, Mangacho is the coach at Immaculate, would always joke, oh, maybe they'll put us in double L next year. Because he, <laughs> But they've been – been yeah, good. when you can draw from Warrior Borders, you, you, you don't belong in Class S. I, that's my belief. Yeah. I, I believe that in basketball. I believe it in this sport. But, but yes, it seemed like the same teams. Do you like to see new blood in different teams? Sure. Um, but, yeah, Richfield's been there a lot. And, uh, in fact, it was Richfield who, gave, if I remember correctly, a couple of years ago, gave Glastonbury a great game in the final at West Haven. But Glastonbury, and then they scored on Glastonbury, which was a team that was really scored upon. So they yeah. scored on them two or three times, didn't they? I mean, wasn't that was like that, a 6-3 or 6-4? Well, it, it was something like that, game, and then yeah. Glastonbury had it was pushed. Yeah. Unlike they had been in previous games or previous tournament games. So, yeah, it's a lot of the same teams, but uh, the, a lot of them are all in double L. So yeah. you're only going to be one team that survives. And St. Joe's is going to have to work it out for it to survive, but it's possible. I think one of the great things the CIAC has done is – while they haven't completely figured out the school of choice thing, teams that have success bump them up. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense, in, and especially in soccer. Well, they do it in basketball too. They do it in basketball too. Yeah. And I think what happens is, I think you kind of have to do that. Mm-hmm. To me, the small public schools need to have a legitimate opportunity to win a state championship. Ole Lime, sh- I mean, I, I mean, the Ole Lime beat Holy Cross, but to me, a team like Holy Cross should not be in Class S. Right. I mean, I, I mean, that's just the way I feel. That doesn't mean they don't belong. They haven't had success. That's just the way I feel personally. Doesn't mean I'm right. But, yeah, I, I think that, I mean, with Granby versus Berlin, two public schools. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, listen, they, the, the, the private schools get their opportunity, and sure. they will win, and they do. Like I said, Mac, they move them up, they win. And, and there's no e- to answer your question, what you say, there's no easy answer for this. Yeah. I mean, the whole idea of, the Catholic schools and privates having their own tournaments, it's not going to happen. No. So you do, and if you're a kid, you want to be able to beat the best. Yeah. And some of these, those schools are the best. So, yeah. But, yes, the CIC is at least trying to make it worth it. These communities are trying to figure out a way to, to bump the schools of choice up to make it a little more of a level playing field. It's just not an easy system, and it's not a perfect system, Scott. It's the way it is. And I, I think as we – let's slide over now, uh, moving off of last year and into this year and looking sure. at the polls. Uh, yeah. When you look at those polls, there's not a ton of private schools – in the top 10, at least in the preseason ranks, right. that the coaches send out. So I think in a sport like soccer, the public schools have, have maintained a certain level. Whereas in basketball, if you bring in two or three good, really good kids, you're going to dominate. It takes a little more in soccer, doesn't it, than just bringing in you know one kid off a, off an academy team? or um, You can help you, but... It, it can definitely... Listen, 
I remember, I hate to bring up the stories from eons ago when all these kids are worrying around, but a kid by the name of Pierre Venditti was yeah. on, not on an academy team, but he was on a national team. Mm-hmm. And he came to Law High School in Milford. And Law High School had never done anything. And they went to the state semifinals uh, that year. But can, can a team carry a program? Yes. But do they need help around you? Absolutely. You can't do it. Because all you have to do is surround have guys surrounding you, and if you have nobody else who could score, you're not going to do anything. So, well, I, you know, I saw McMahon this past week, and right. they have Eli Pardo, who's uh, arguably one of the best players in the state. Right. They have a couple kids around him that are okay, but you watch him, you're like, this kid's going to be exhausted by the end of the year because he's doing everything. He's back on defense. He's trying to create offense. He's going up and trying to score. So he's going back to get the ball. So that's, yeah, I mean, I mean, it, they started him up at forward, right. and, he, and he played there. Second half, they pushed him back to midfield. So right. then he's going back and forth, and it's right. just a, it's a tough way to play. But you could also see how much of a difference a kid like that makes, and they tied Greenwich partially because of how he did play in the midfield. You know, did they triple and did they, did they have? Were they market him heavily throughout? No, I mean McMahon was playing a defensive style. They had five guys back. They were really trying. To no, just, Greenwich on the kid. No, yeah, him. I know Greenwich didn't do anything specific to try to stop him. Oh, no, okay, I mean, um, I but you do see teams do that a lot. Absolutely. Um, but a team like Greenwich, I think, was confident in their base defense and set up that they can just attack him normally and I didn't see anything special that they were doing they certainly weren't double teaming him but you know they're obviously aware that he's there and, and know that there's one kid in the field that can right do a lot of damage against you mm-hmm. um, so, so who, who we like at the play I, I haven't the, po- the boys poll uh, shockingly Glastonbury number one they got a <laughs> Yeah, and Farmington number two, um, and like I said, I'm going to go see those teams tonight. Uh, and then Hand came in at three. Yep. Uh, then Norwalk. Uh, then Prep, which is I believe the only private school on the list. E.O. Smith's public, right? They are. Yes. E.O. Smith's a public school. So um, after Prep was uh, Guilford, uh, who I really like in Class L. Uh, Greenwich, who despite tying McMahon, stayed in the top ten uh, this week at seven. Yep. Uh, Naugatuck, who made a really good run last year in the state tournament all the way to the Double L finals. Uh, I'm not sure what the, exactly what they have back this year, but a great season from them last year. Uh, and E.O. Smith and then Staples. And Staples is a team I really think is going to be good. They were already solid, and then they got two academy kids back. So I like Staples a lot. And then moving down, you know. They you, do, you, you mentioned that was the LWL pool. That's the uh, LWL, they, yeah. they, they, The boys do it with two different ones to rep to get representation for the lower class. Well, right. The smaller kids, excuse me. And that's and I think it's a good thing because it's. It is. It gives, and it's a state coaches poll, obviously. So right, because then the question would be: Does Lewis Mills, Suffield, Ellington, who are the top three teams in the MS poll, would no. they have made the top poll? Probably not. No. You know, maybe you, also receiving votes, but maybe at ten, nine. But chances are no. Right, and those are state championship caliber teams. So right, it's it's absolutely. good to have this poll here. I like that soccer does this. Um, yeah. After those three, it was uh, Morgan, Stonington, uh, Tolland, Granby Memorial, Old Saybrook. Somers and then Litchfield and Plainville tied at 10. So, again, a lot of public schools, a few other private schools mixed in there. I don't know how much stock you can put into preseason polls. It looks like a lot of them are just, you know, we moved the state champions over yeah, and they're the top sure. rated teams. And but it's, it's, it's so early. If their team is, uh, as of taping here, they, they haven't even played yet because of right. the weather. And, yeah. and, now they've, and the CIC has moved the season back. It used to start around this time, and they've moved it back a few days to – for whatever reason, and it, and it obviously spreads out the schedule a little bit more. We do not have to force to fit 16 games in into less time. So, uh, but like I said, w- like you like you said before, Scott, the cream of the crop will rise. Yeah, that's just the way it is. And you just like to hear some new stories. I'm sure there will be at some point. Yeah, so. and some team that we're not even mentioning is not even getting votes right now will probably be a top 10 team by the end of the season. Absolutely. 
Uh, there's no question about that. But also, we're not going to expect Glastonbury, Farmington, and Greenwich those schools to go very far. You know, they're probably going to stay in the top ten most of the absolutely most of the time. And speaking of polls, if there is a girls' soccer poll out there, I know there used to be one. I have not seen one this year or in recent years. Please email it, gametimect at gmail dot com, or Joseph Morelli one R two Ls at hearstmediact.com, please. Because I like that. We like to put that poll up as well. And I know people have been asking for it uh, over the course of time. And I, I've asked coaches, and nobody seems to know uh, who runs it. So if it's out there, please get it to me, and we will put it up on gametimect.com. Yeah, please send it to us. And, and uh, that goes for a lot of stuff. Send us the poll. Send us your game results. Send us your star players of the week. Send them to Game Time CT. Send them to Joe and I on Twitter. Uh, we're going to be doing soccer notebooks every week. They're going to run on Mondays. We really want to cover soccer the way that we think it deserves to be covered in the state. And Joe and I are all in for uh, for doing that. Uh, let's look at the top players. Uh, uh, let's start with the girls here. You want to go through, uh, you know, just a few of the top players in the state. And should and I just read them verbatim? Sure. No, I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> listen. It, Look, the top 25 are on GameTimeCT. You can go there and check them out. GameTimeCT.com. They've been up there for a couple weeks. I'm sure a lot of you have seen it. Ladies and gentlemen, this is not an exact science. I mean, we're, we're I've been doing soccer for 10 years. I mean, Scott has been done in his area for a long time, but across the state not so much. But the point being is that these are 25 kids to watch. We're not saying these are 25 best players. We're saying that these are kids, most of them are very good. As yeah. you saw, they are going Division One. Um but point being is that these are kids, if you want to get out and go see, this is the list we came up with. I mean, starting in an alphabetical order, Ali Auger, a kid from our, the New Haven Ventures' backyard. I mean, North little North Brantford, who's in the same league with Morgan, the Shoreline Conference, is committed to Boston College as a freshman, and she's a goalkeeper, and she's a kid worth to see. I mean, Giovanni Lorenzo going to UConn, Kareem Denti from West Hill, from yeah. going to Louisville. I mean – Liva Fiore from East Catholic from the CCC going to Central Connecticut State. Maddie Freed, a sophomore who had committed to Villanova before she even came to St. Joe's. That's crazy. And helps him win a state championship, as I'm sure you saw last year. She and is. She's legit. Yeah, I mean, I saw her she's legit. against Han in the semifinals. They outclassed him. And, yeah. and Han was a damn good team. Can you say damn on the air? Well, we can today. So, <laughs> they, they, she's that good. And, and, and again, going in alphabetical order, Kayla Howard. A great basketball player, in addition to the soccer player, helped lead hand to a SEC championship. Aaron Carey on a defense from Shelton. That's going to be very, very good. They shut out Massick on, on the weekend. And Massick's got studs in Casey Lawrence, as I said, and Lorenzo. So, and Casey Lawrence is as a junior. Coming yeah. to play at Michigan. I mean, Sacred Heart, Metal Mancini, Sacred Heart. I mean, Jessica Mazzo from St. Joe's going to UConn. And Peyton McNamee, you mentioned McMahon going to Ohio State. I mean, are you kidding me? These, this All is, D1. I mean, that's a lot. It's a lot. That's more than I can say for basketball. Yeah. And that's a lot. And listen, a lot of these kids, they get it from their premiere. They get it from all that, from from showcases. We understand that. But they're still going to Division One. And the best part about it is they're staying at CIAC schools. They're not going to academy soccer. They're not – I mean, what Scott learned to with academy soccer, they are made, as you mostly you know, made to choose academy soccer – all the year or high school. It's been that way for a while. A lot of kids choose it. They find it's not for them. They want to go back and enjoy their high school season. That's kind of we, what we like because that's what we cover. But it's it's a hard decision. But as you see with a lot of these girls, a lot of these girls have stayed with their programs. And um, I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that they committed 
and that there was no reason to go to academy soccer because they already know where they're going for college. Right. But that's the sum of the list. Um, again, go see the list at GameTimeCT.com. There's plenty of kids across the state to go watch, and then we'll be seeing them this year. Uh, on the boys' side, you know, I, I, we highlighted 25 guys. Again, you can go check them out. Um, you know, a few of them, Kelvin Cortez from Wilcox Tech, you know, they play up in L, so that's not great for them. But this kid scored 34 goals and had 20 assists last year. I mean, that is nuts. It really jumped off the page, and I had to go check it to make sure it was right, and it was. It was and, right. And you know what, Scott? As people say, well, they did it in the tech league, but you know what? If you can score that many goals, <laughs> it goals. doesn't matter where you play. You can play. Yeah. And I bet you if you played at it, local Marin, Maloney or Platt yeah. I would think that he would be just as good I think so yeah. people, I think it's even people like us who are picking all area teams sometimes we look at it and say, well how would they do against and then you hope they go and play them and right. then you make your own judgment but 34 goals is 34 goals no matter what league you're looking at and that, there's, Sorry, there's nothing easy about scoring 34 goals no, I don't right. care where you're playing I mean that's nuts and he had 20 assists to go on top of that absolutely yeah uh, uh, Toby Goldstein from Cheshire was an All-State player last year, right. back defensively for them. Uh, right. You know, I think they're they're potentially having a very good season this year too. I mean, I don't know what you know about Cheshire. Yeah, they were they were a decent team in the, in the SEC last year. Um, they lost. I went and watched them. They lost at Trumbull. Yeah. In the opening round of um, the Class Double Tournament, they have a good goalkeeper in Nate Pisani. So they're going to be okay. Yeah. They've got a proud program. I uh, I wouldn't call them a favorite in the SEC. It's been a long time since they've won the SEC, but they're a team that you can't dismiss. Right. Uh, another defender is Brennan Hughes, a kid I'm going to go see today up at Farmington. He was mm-hmm. All-CC, All-State, Double uh, L. Um, uh, Jimmy Johnson, the goalkeeper for Greenwich, is fantastic. Uh, I happened to see him the other weekend. The other day, too, Eli Paro from McMahon, I mentioned him. Right. Um, and Ian Slattery, the goalkeeper for Guilford, I think he's going to be a real key for them this year right. if they want to make a run at that uh, at that L title. Mm-hmm. Um and then, you know, one more kid that, that I want to mention is uh, Jack Warren from Barlow. and Two more kids, actually. Jack Warren from Barlow and then Jason Weinstein. He scored 29 goals in the FCAC last year. There's no disputing how incredible that is. And then he started off this season with a hat trick in his first game. So he's already on pace to, <laughs> to eclipse the 29 goals from last season. But he's an excellent, excellent player out of the right. FCAC and, and, you know, one of my favorite kids to watch. Um, but there's a lot of kids on that list. There's a bunch of kids we didn't mention, you know, from other schools, SWC, SEC, right. CCC. Go to Game Time CT and check out the list. Uh, it's a fun list to look at. And, you know, a lot of these kids were all state last year, and we'd expect them to probably be again this year, right? Well, maybe we got them right because we didn't seem to get a lot of complaints about who we missed. So <laughs> maybe we did. We got the right 25? <laughs> Unbelievable. The right 50? <laughs> uh, somehow I don't think so. I'm sure there's a lot of parents out there who might be a little disappointed their kid didn't make it. But, yeah. uh, you know what? It's our list. This means the right list. This means it's ours. As our friend Ed Griffin says, you know, we don't hate you. We don't even know you. You know, like he's a friend of yours. <laughs> oh, he's a friend of uh, ours. Speak for yourself. <laughs> no, we like Ned. He's an acquired taste, much like myself. We do love Ned. Yes. Um, so w- there was only a couple games this past week. Um, yeah. I mentioned Jason Weinstein as one of the boys that scored a hat trick. Uh, Matt Marquis from Sheen also scored a hat trick against East Haven. Uh, John Griffin from Southington uh, made 10 saves against Kennard uh, in a one nothing win. Uh, George, George Simpson from the McMahon game that I saw assisted on the goal but really played stellar, stellar defense. We tried to find some defenders, too. It's easy to point to the kids who score goals, but yes, that's one of that's I usually get a couple of those emails once <laughs> twice a year. Why don't you recognize the defensive kids? Well, yeah. something it's not that simple. Not you that have simple. to look back. Okay, they, they shot out a team, but are they a – 
how many have they shut out in a row. So, right. yes, it's nice to be able to recognize it. And that really requires us seeing them. You know what I mean? Like It does. You have to watch them play defense or have the coach tell you this kid is prepared. And if the goalkeepers made a lot of saves, that usually means the defense didn't really do a good <laughs> right. job or the offense is really, really good right. and was not able to put home a couple of those, what do they call them, um, set pieces. Right. So Yeah, I mean, Jimmy Johnson the other day had uh, – The guy from the Dolphins? Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. The kid it's from uh, the kid from Greenwich only right. had four saves because the defense was good enough to keep McMahon away. McMahon right. was playing defensive soccer. So, yeah, those are the kids that I was looking at uh, that had really good games this past week. As always, if you do something that you feel is warranted or someone from your school does something that you feel is warranted, send them to us. We're going to be writing these notebooks every week. Um, and we also, we also include games to watch. Uh, so let's go over a few games that we want to go watch this week. Uh, for the boys side, yes. For the boys, yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, I'm going up to Glastonbury and Farmington tonight. We will have full coverage of that on Game Time CT. That's the number one and two teams in the state. And then we had Suffield and Ellington, who are the number two and three teams in the lower uh, poll, you know, in the in the MS poll. They're playing today also at 345. Uh, Guilford at Shelton, which is always a fun one uh, up this way. And Barlow and Massick uh, tonight uh, play each other. So there's a lot of games today. Uh, tomorrow we got Danbury at Staples and the FCAC. Um, always a great matchup. Two teams in Double L that should be making deep runs. And then Friday up in the Berkshire League, up in the Berkshire League, Pete's favorite league. Uh, we got Lewis Mills and Thomaston, which is such a great rivalry. It's a big school. It's a little school. Those two teams always go at it up there. Uh, Thomaston has one of the better players in the state in Mergham. Kortlovici. I probably am not pronouncing that kid's name right. Sounds Italian to me. It's C U T L L O V C I. So Kortlovici. Kortlovici. <laughs> let's hope, uh, let's so hope anyway. The other games, I'm sure they'll call us. Maybe they'll email. They'll message us back with a pronunciation yes, guide phonetically. Okay. Uh, a few other games later in the week in the FCAC on Friday: Ridgefield's at Danbury, uh, Norwalk's at Ward, and Darien's at Greenwich. Those are three good matchups if you choose to watch soccer over football. Uh, Friday in the SEC: Branford at Hamden could be a good one. And Saturday in the SWC, we have uh, Newtown at Pomparag, and then m- next Monday. Uh, uh, Weston at New Milford. Those are the games that I'm looking at uh, coming up this in the next stretch of week before we record the podcast again next Tuesday. I just have a handful, a couple of three hat tricks that stood out to me. Alicia White from Bloomfield, and 9 nothing win over Hartford Public. Milena Van Beveren from Innovation hat trick in a 4-3 win over Hairway out of the Shoreline Conference. And Sam Forrest from Glastonbury. Her three goals helped to Glastonbury beat Avon 7-1. Just a few get out and goes. Chester in hand. Also on Tuesday night, right after we'd done taping, they were finalists in the 2016 SEC final, won by Cheshire and penalty kicks. Again, Cheshire hand two proud programs. Two programs have been in contention for the SEC forever. They go at it early in the season. Uh, Law is a team that came out of nowhere to make it to the SEC tournament finals last year. They're hosting Shelton on Wednesday night. Shelton again. A team that has won a state championship in recent years in Double L, that's won an SEC title. It's a great matchup to see where both programs are this early in the season. Uh, up down here, right? Trumbull at Ridgefield on Thursday afternoon. Ridgefield again, Double L champions. Trumbull, a proud program, a tough program. They were going to a scoreless tie last year, early in the year, so they're basically playing a year later. Do we have another scoreless tie? Does somebody actually score a golden goal? We'll find out. And then on Saturday morning, bright and early, Old Lime at North Brantford at 10 a.m. Rematch of last year's Shoreline Conference Final. Old Lyme only lost one game last year. 
to North Brantford in the Shoreline Final. So I'm sure all the lines will be out for blow with Maya Johnson. She scored the one goal, one of the few goals on Allie Auger last year. So so we'll see what happens. Again, it's early, a lot to play out. We'll see how it goes. That sounds like a really good one Saturday morning. I'm to yeah, I'm planning on being there nice and early. <laughs> it's a long ride from Brantford to North Brantford. So. Uh, I don't know. if I'm, I'm going to make some picks here before we go I off. I know. You're, you want to make picks. You, wanna, make you, picks. Like, you don't mind it irritating people and putting bulletin boards. So go uh, right ahead. You can put this on the bulletin board. Right I, ahead. I can also guarantee you that almost all these picks will be incorrect by the end of the season. <laughs> okay. Uh, so in Class S, I'm going to take Lyman Memorial. Uh, Lyman was the S champs in 2002, runners up in 03 and 09, only won one state championship, but they bring back some kids in Class S. In M, I'm going to go Suffield. Uh, you know, they won it in 06, 11, 12, and 13. Uh, they're ranked really highly again this year. I'm going to take uh, Suffield boys in Class M. In Class L, I'm going Guilford. It's been a long time for Guilford. Wow. Uh, you Joe Mara would be very happy you said that, or unhappy because you <laughs> jinxed him. <laughs> no jinx here. Guilford's going mm-hmm. for the championship. They're going to do it. Uh, you know, Wilcox is obviously interesting there. Hand as repeat champions will be tough, but I like Guilford. And then in double L, I, I love Farmington because they're almost all seniors. They were in the final last year, but I'm going to go with Greenwich. Greenwich has not won the double L championship since 1961, which is crazy That's to think time. about with the program that they have down there. They haven't even appeared in a double L final since 1978 when they lost to Staples. I was three years old. Pete wasn't even alive. And we won't talk about where Joe was doing in 1978. <laughs> but those are the teams I hey, like. Hey, no, come on. <laughs> uh, I won't make you pick a winner, but who do you like in, in each class anyway? Well, I, I, again, it's hard to say. I, until I see brackets, I'm kind of one of those old school kind of people. But mm-hmm. Morgan has moved up to Class M. And, oh, sorry, sorry, that's boys. Yeah. Um, I'm still in Class S. I still think they're the team to beat, mm-hmm. the defending champions. Um, if I had to pick somebody there, at least as somebody you have to look out for. In Class M... Uh, off the top of my head, I honestly couldn't tell you. Holy Cross moved up from Class E. Now, see, yeah. Holy, the interesting thing now, Holy Cross is in M. Yeah. After being the S final, so that's a good thing. I would yeah. think if they have any, they have some talent coming back. They probably be a favorite in yeah. that division. Maybe Ledyard, um, so on and so forth. Uh, maybe North Brantford, the team that like I said. But again, they lost a half a half their stars last year. From a team that again won a shoreline title but lost in the second round to right. Morgan, so so we'll see what happens there. Uh, L's open because a lot of the great teams are in Double L, including the defending champion St. Joe's. Right. I mean, Ram, your finals is in L. I don't know what they lost from last year, but I would think them, maybe Weathersfield, those kind of teams in hand, obviously those in Guilford, those are teams usually the friendly uh, contending or Avon. And double L, it's loaded, isn't it? Double L. I think there's 13 FCAC teams in Glastonbury, right? And then you got Suffield, so it's extremely loaded. Yeah. I mean, for those who are in double L or not in those category, I feel bad for you because it's, you're going to go out early, more than likely. And I, I think if that tournament shapes up the way we think it might, that could be a really awesome tournament to watch. Well, you're going to have you're going to have really good teams going out early, right? Because they're going to end up facing each other, and right. it's just the way it is. And yeah. But it should be fun. Again, we got a long way to go. I mean, it goes kind of quickly, so it should be fun, Scott. Yeah, this season's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to be back every Tuesday with another Just for Kicks podcast on Game Time CT. This was a lot of fun for the first time, wasn't it? My pleasure, Scott. I enjoyed it. So for Joe, I'm Scott. We will see you next time.